Welcome, children, to another podcast from your friendly ghost man, ghost man horror host, Podcast UK. And today's story is the game of Smash and Recovery by Kelly Link. Is there one thing Ant knows? Is this? She loves Oscar, her brother. And her brother, Oscar, loves her. Hasn't Oscar raised Ant practically from childhood? Pit Ant up when she has fallen. Perhaps her meals prepared her meals and lovely tended to her scraps and taught her how to navigate the little world. Given her step ships even faster and more responsible than the one before. The most incredibly incendiary devices are a repurished mob of handmaidens and their sharp fingers, protruding snouts, their ferried bodies, and their sleek and whip-like limbs. Also called them handmaidens because they, they had so many fingers, so many ways of grasping and holding and petting and sorting and killing. Once a vampire frightened Ant when she was younger, it came too close. She began to cry, and the handmaidens were there, smoothing Ant with her gentle, with their gentle stroking, <coughs> touching her here and there to make sure that the vampire had not injured her, embracing her with their brisk, briskly tore the shrinking vampire to pieces. It was not long after that Oscar had come back from the home with the handmaidens. Vampires and handmaidens reached a kind of understanding after that. The vampires encountering the handmaidens sang propriety songs. Sometimes they bowed their heads on their long white necks very low and danced. The handmaidens do not tear them into pieces. Today is Anne's birthday. Oscar does not celebrate his own birthday, and wishes that he wouldn't have made a fuss about hers either, but this would make Oscar sad. He celebrates Anne's accomplishments, her development, progress, her new skills. She knows that Oscar worries about her too. Perhaps she is afraid he wouldn't need him when she is grown. Perhaps he is afraid that Anne like their parents will leave. Of course this is impossible. Ant will never abandon Oscar. They always need Oscar. If Ant did not come to have Oscar, then who in this world would what happen? There would be love. Then who in the world would there be love? There to be love. The handmaid is will do whatever Ant asks of them. But they are built to inspire, not love, not fear. They are made for spear, speed and combat, for unwavering obedience. When they have no task, nothing better to do, they take one another to pieces, small parts, remake themselves into more, ridic- more ridiculous weapons. They look at Ant as if one day they would do the same to her. If only she would ask, they would like, they, there are the vampires. They flock after Oscar and Ant 
wherever they go, to home. Oscar likes to speculate on whether the vampires come to home deliberately, as did Oscar and Oscar and Ant's parents. No, of course, Ant was not born yet. Perhaps the vampires were marooned here long ago in some crash, or they native from home. It seems unlikely that the vampire ancestors were ones that built the warehouses at home, who went in, who went into space and returned with the spoils of the warehouse now contained. Perhaps they are parasite species, accident, accidental passengers left behind when their whole species abandoned home for good. If that is, if that is, the warehouse builders have abandoned home for good. What a surprise! Should they come home? <clears throat> like Oscar, the ant and vampires are scavengers, able to breathe the thin soup of the home's atmosphere. But the vampires' lustrous and glittering eyes, their jetted skin, are so sensitive to light, they go about the surface cloaked and hooded, complaining in their hoarse voices. The vampire sustains themselves on various organic in. in that hostile, long hidden, they have discovered that they discover in home storehouses. They have a peculiar interest in the siblings. No doubt they want to eat, Oscar and Ant, if they only were to present themselves. But in the meantime, they are content to trail after, sing, play small pranks, make small grimaces, or Pleasure, appeasement, threat displays. They show off all rays of jaws, armies of teeth. It's discontentment. Contentments. No one would ever love a vampire, except perhaps when Ant, who long ago lost all fear, watches them go swimming, swing, swing, sail wind, away and over the horizon, beneath homes scattered. Scatter mismatched boons. On the occasion of her birthday, Oscar presents at with her with a gift from her parents. Those gifts are from Oscar, of course. They are the gifts that one who loves you or knows you knows that you're not out of love, but out of knowing. And knows in her heart that her parents love her too, and one day they will come home. And they'll be reunion much better than any birthday. One day their parents will not only love Aunt, but know her too. And she will know them. And Aunt dreads this reunion as much as she craves it. What will her life be when the, everything changes? She has started recording us them. She not, does not look like them. Though Oscar does. She does not remember her parents. Though Oscar does. She does not miss him. Does does Oscar? Of course he does. What Oscar is to Anne, their parents must be to Oscar. So Oscar will never leave. Anne has made her, him promise. The living quarters of the bucket are clamped. The handmaidens take up a certain percentage of available space, no matter how they control themselves. On the other hand, the handmaidens are excellent housekeepers. They tend to the algae wall, gather honey and honeycomb, and partition off new hives when the bees swarm. They patch up networks, 
teach old systems new tricks when there's nothing better to do. The city is now quite charming. They get rain, clean, rains down water on your head, bubbles it out of the walls. And when the floor drinks it up, it cycles it faster when you can blink. It all goes down and out so you on for so long as you like and never gets cold. There is in fact very little that Oscar and Ant are needed on board. Are needed for on board the bucket. There's too so much that is needful to do on home. For Ant's birthday, the handmaidens have decorated all the walls of the bucket with hairy, waving clumps of luminous algae. They made a cake, inedible of course, but quite beautiful, almost the size of Ant herself. In fact, somewhat resembles Ant. If Ant were a handmaiden, and not Ant, sleek and armoured and very fast, they have to chase the cake around the room, and then hold it until Oscar finds the panel on its side. There are a series of brightly coloured wires, and because it's Ant's birthday, she gets to decide which one to cut. Cut the wrong one, and what will happen? The handmaidens seem very excited, but then Ant knows how handmaidens think. She locates the second smaller panel, the one equipped with a simple switch. The cake makes an angry, fretting noise when Ant turns it off. Perhaps Ant and Oscar can take it down to home. And let the vampires have it. The warehouses of home are at the time only 8% inherited. This does not include the warehouse of the stay out territory. Is Oscar even angry at their parents for leaving her so long? It's because their aunt and their parents left in the first place. It's also because aunt and Oscar were left behind. Someone had to look after her. Is it ever? Is he ever angry at Ant? There are many days the bucket when Oscar hardly speaks at all. He sits and Ant cannot draw him into conversation. She recites poems, tells jokes, knock, knock, knock. Who's there? Ant. And who? Ant. Not a good Ant. Who's there? That's who. Sends house, homemade, handmaidens homeward after an expeditionary faints. It almost, though not quite, land that hammered is in a state and at absolutely no transferring. Oh, so help me, you would be sorry territory. On these days, Oscar will listen without really listening. Look at Ant, without appearing to see her, summons hammered back and never even scold Ant. Some part of Ant is sometimes very far away. The way that she he smells changes almost impeccably. As Ant matures, she has learned how to integrate and interpret the things that Oscar is not aware of. He is telling her the particular advantages given to her traits such as hypersemia. Not, but no matter, Oscar always returns. He will suddenly be there, behind his eyes again. Reach up and pull her back down for a hug when Oscar and Ant will play ball of the games of strategy taught her. The ones where Ant always wins now. A second favourite game is she go. 
She loves the feel of the stones. Each time she picks one up, she gets her fingers, lets her fingers tell how much has worn away out of Oscar's fingers, under Oscar's fingers, under her own. They're making smooth stones smoother. This is what this is a one black stone with a factory point. A weakness invisible to the eye, nearly across the middle. He loses track of it sometimes, then finds it again by touch. Put enough pressure on it, and it will break in two. It will break one day, no matter. Let's go play. They play go. They cook Ant's favourite meals, the one that Oscar says are always his favourites too. They play, they fall asleep together, curled in their nests. The handmaiders weave for them out of the handmaid and even softer and more flexible limbs. They sing the songs of handmaidens that borrowed from the vampires of home. Best of all are the games Oscar has taught Ant is smash and recover. They play this one on the surface of home, a long cycle round. Also, long cycle round. Each player gets a true smash marker and false smash marker. A true recovery, true recovery marker and a false recovery marker. Each player in turn has to make their own their false or true smasher mark or recover marker. A distance no greater than the span of a randomly generated number. Or else the player may be sent out a scout. A scout may be a handmaiden, an uncanny skim, an unman skimmer or a vampire. A gamble to be sure. Do you get two attempts? A player may gamble and drop an incendiary device and blow up a target, or claim a stone square where they believe a marker to be. Should they miscalculate and blow up, recover a marker, or retrieve a smash marker, their opponent has won. The current smash recovery game is the 18th that Oscar and Ant have played. Oscar won the first four games, Ant has won all the rest. Each game Oscar wins. Each game Oscar game Oscar increases Dan's starting handicap. He praises her each time she wins. I perpetually perpetually this game current game will end when neither either Ant or Oscar has retrieved the recovery marker and smashed the smash marker of their opponent or the game will end when their parents return. The day is not there yet, but the day will come. The day, uh, the day will get draw nearer and nearer until one day it is there. But nothing that Anne can do about this. She cannot do make. She cannot make it come sooner. She cannot postpone it. Sometimes she thinks incorrect to think this. She knows, but she still thinks it. That on, but that day. That that on that. That on the day that she wins the game, she is correct to think she will win. She knows it too, her parents will arrive. Oscar will not win the game, even though he's done everything very cunningly. Oscar has put his two markers both in smash and grab recovery in stay out territory. He did this long two long cycles ago. He put hands for true markers. There as well, and placed them in locations where she had hidden them. The false markers recorded so they read as true. Did he expect that Ant had already located and identified his markers? Was this why he moved them unlawfully? 
Is this a new part of the game? The rules of smash and grab state in an end game must players must physically assess any and all markers they locate and correctly identify them true. Annette has been curious about the stay out charity for a long time now. She has access to it. Now that Ask has moved the markers, yet she has not called Endgame. Curiously killed the ant, Oscar likes to say. But there's nothing that no more home as dangerous as ant. And her handmaidens, Oscar's move, move may be a trap. It is a test. Ant waits and thinks of delays without recovering to herself why she delays. A present from Anna's ex parents, which is really a present from Oscar, is a short recording one parent holding a baby and in her arms, making her little cooling sounds the way vampires do. The other parents holding up to a knitted hat, a tiny knitted hat, no Oscar, and apparently recognizes herself. Her parents, she recognizes it from her recordings. Her parents have sent a birthday message too. Dear Ant, happy birthday. We hope you're being good for Oscar. We love you. We'll be home soon, before you know it. Ant's present for Oscar is a code of a previously unknown warehouse and home. Oscar thinks he's been keeping his warehouse for a secret. The initial inventory shows a warehouse is full of all kinds of things that handmaidens are wild for. Charts and many more are not accurately mapped. Previously thought to be uncharted bits or corners of space. Devices that most likely prove to do nothing of interest, but can be taken apart and put into new ones that handmaidens have never met and only they did not like. Information and raw new materials. Information of raw materials, ant and handmaids are bound within within the nutshell quarters of the orbit of home's furthest moon. What use are charts? What good are materials except for dormant and most theoretical of educational purposes for mock battles and silly games? Everything that Oscar and Ant discover is for the future salvage, for buyers who cannot who can afford activities or rarities. Their parents will determine what is to be kept, and what is to be sold, and what is to be left should be left for the vampires. Even the handmaidens, even the handmaidens, do not truly belong to Ant. Who made them? Who brought them in their in their fighting battalion to space when so long ago they were lost? Who covered them, and brought them to the home, and carefully stored them here, wherever they where? However, much later, Oscar could, f- could find them again. What else will Oscar and Aunt parents find for them? When the day comes and they return, there must be many buyers for the handmaidens, fierce and bright, lightspeakable, capable, as fine as days. How could Aunt sometimes forget that the handmaidens are hers only as long as the day co- never comes? Everything at home belongs to Aunt. And Oscar's parents, except for Oscar, who belongs to Ant. Every day is a day closer to their little day. Oscar only says, not yet. And Ant asks soon. He says, there is hardware in Oscar's head. 
that allows his parents to communicate with him when necessary. It hurts when they talk. Their parents talk to Oscar, but only rarely. Less than one long cycle until his last period, three times though. In the last ten days, handmaidens make a seat kind of shelter for Oscar afterwards, which is especially dark. They exude of calming mist. We do not sing, and Aunt has grown up, she knows. Though Oscar has said, not said it, she will have to make a familiar interface so that her parents will be able to talk to her too, whether or not she desires it, whether or not it causes her pain, that it causes Oscar. This will also hurt Oscar. The things that cause Aunt pain cause Oscar to be injured as well. Anne's parents left Oscar to look after Anne at home when it becomes clear. Anne was, was different. What is Anne? Her parents went away to present the puzzle of Anne those who might understand what she was. They did not bring Anne with them, of course. She was too fragile, too precious. They did not plan to be away so long. But there were complications, a quarantine in one place which lasted a long cycle. A religious revolution, another, another cause of delay, of course. It's a ship, it's a ship's plague which makes light speed much riskier proportion. Most of all, the problem of intelligence. Carrying back home, Aunt's parents had lost two ships already in his way. For some time now, Aunt had been thinking about certain gaps in her understanding of family life. Of life in general, as she assumed that the problem was that there was so much, there was so very much to understand. She understood that Oscar would teach her everything all at once. She grew up. She came more into herself. She realized that the problem was both more and less complicated. Oscar was inventively concealing things from her. She adapted her strategies accordingly. Aunt loves Oscar, and hates to lose. They go down to the home. Handmaidens in attendance, they spend the rest of Aunt's birthday exploring the warehouse, which is, is Oscar's parent, parent present, sorting through all things of marvellous things. Anna, Aunt commits the charts to memory, as she does do. Does so, she notes this of presence is likely errors. There is a thing in her head that compares the charts against some unknown and inaccessible library. She only knows it when the bits of the bad information rub up against the corners of it. An uncomfortable feeling, as if someone is sticking her with pins. Oscar knows about this. He, she had asked if it happened to him too. He said it didn't. He said it wasn't a bad thing. It was just that Aunt isn't fully grown yet. One day she will understand everything, and she can explain it all to him. And she can explain it all to him. Bucket has no intelligence, it functions well enough about. The handmaidens have some of the, indica the indicators, but their primary traits are, the opposition, are in opposition. Loyalty, obedience, reliability, unwavering effort until task is accomplished. Without intelligence, if this is a service of somewhat enterprise taken, it's also then the vampires being organic. Must be supposed to be possessed of intelligence in theory. They do, they do as they please, and yet they accomplish nothing that seems worth accomplishing. They exist, they perpetrate, they sing. When Anne has grown up, 
She wants to do something that is worth doing. All those cycles. Oscar's a function a kind of was a function as a kind of hammer made. She knows. His task has been and to help her grow. When their parents have returned, or when Ant reaches maturity, there will be other things that Oscar will want to go back go away and do. To stay here on home. How would they be any better than being a vampire? Oscar tells her likes to tell Ant that she is extraordinary and she will be capable one day of the most extraordinary things. They they can go and go discover things extraordinary things together. And think Ant thinks that let their parents take over the work work on the home. She and Oscar are made for better. Something is wrong with Oscar. Well more wrong than is usual these days, down in the warehouse he keeps getting underfoot. Underhand, in the case of the handmaidens, when Anne ascends all sixteen of her senses, she can feel the love, anger, and hopelessness and hope running through him like an electrical currents. He watches her anxiously, almost hungrily, as if he were a vampire. There is no emotion on the charts. It is believed in the region of come that may he was lost. The thing that Anne had antidotes the antidote. Too swiftly for Ant to catch a glimpse of what she is thinking, even she thinks it. She rests, scans the rest of the charts, goes through the others, and then through one again, trying to catch herself out. As Ant ponders charts, the handmaid is as efficient as ever, assembling the thing of a good out, assemble the thing out of the warehouse goods to carry, that other goods are deemed interesting. They crack. They clack at Oscar when she gets particularly in their way. They ruffle his hair, his fingers down his arms. He was settled under a caress. They're agitated by Oscar's agitation and by Ant's awareness of his agitation. Finally, Ant gets tight and waiting for Oscar to say the thing that she and he is afraid to say. She looks at him, he looks back at her. His face wide open. She sees the thing he has been trying to keep from her. And he sees what she's see and he sees that she sees it. When? Soon a shadow cycle from our less. Why are you afraid? I don't know. I don't know what happened. This is a scraping against the top of the well of the warehouse. Vampires, creatures of all omens. Forever wanting what they are not allowed to have, most beautiful in their departure, hammerings that stain filament rods, dragging tips along the inside of the top wall, tapping back. The vampires clatter away. Oscar looks at Ant. He is waiting for something. He's been waiting. He's been waiting. Ant thinks for a long, very long time. Oscar, is it her? Something is welling up inside her. He has always been this. Has he always been this large? Who has made her so small? Michael Endgame, I claim your markers. He takes a true location of each. Smash and recovery. She strips the fake markers of their coding. And he will see now his trick has been uncovered. Then she's off, fast and sure and free. Hammond is leaping after her, the vampires after them. Oscar rose last of all, calling her name. Oscar's true smash marker is a crate. Just within the border of the stay out territory, the border does not react. Not reject Ant as she passes over it. 
He smashed his Oscar smash marker heads for the true recovery marker, which Oscar has laid beside her own true marker. Two markers are just under the edge of an object that is the center extends over 200 meters on the surface of home. The object takes up over a full for the stay out territory. You could, you would have to be stupid as a vampire not to know it is a reason why the stay out territory is the stay out territory. You have to be fair, more stupid than ants to know, not know that the object, what that object is. You can see the traces there. Where not long ago, the historical firms, someone once dug, dug the object up at least to gain access. Ants instructs the handmaiden to remove the ejector and loose frozen cosmet that cover the object. They work quickly. Oscar must disable multiple tripwires and traps. And keyed into his person as she moved from the warehouse to Boulder. But when she, but when he arrived much sooner than he that she had hoped, his object forty percent uncovered the handmaids are blur. The vampires are waiting. Oscar says Ant's name. She ignores him. He grabs her by the shoulder and immediately the handmaids are a hissing swarm around them. They are Oscar's they have Oscar's arms pinned to his sides. His weapons are cleated and seized. That Ant or Oscar cannot think to object. Let go Ant. Let them go. Let, tell them to let go. Ant says nothing to Hammond's remain with Oscar. The rest of them go back to the task. Almost no time at all. The must of the shell, the object is visible. The foundry of the door. There will be a code or a key, of course. Not before Ant can begin to work out what that would be. Hammond is executing some kind of command and the door is open. That's good struggles. The first Hammond disappears into the ship. Others continue to remove the matrix in which it is embedded. Here is, here is the handmaid again. She holds something very small. Holds it out to Ant. Oscar says, Ant. Ant, Oscar says, and touching, reaching out, and then the thing out that the handmaid is holding it stands out. And it's touching. And oh, there is something she did not know, Oscar. She had been not been herself all this time. The things she had done, she had been preventing from doing. And somebody says, someone says, that, but that is not her name. She has not been herself. She is being uncovered. She is uncovering herself. She is in pieces. Where is she? Whole and safe and irretrievable, a combat array. Her negative systems are stories of precious cargo increased it for her. Those made her they there's things of this piece of her not necessarily crammed like a sausage meat in a casing. She remembers the body she's wearing, a third watch child. Whilst now to wear, she remembers the protocol now. Under certain conditions a crew would do this. A backup system, each passenger would carry a piece of her with them as they slept. She'd go for the log later. What so that that what catastrophe struck after was brought here intact by the warehouse builders discovered by savages. This small part of her welcome removed by conflict in the betrayal of her duty. And someone's saying her name. It's not hers.
She looks and sees a small thing struggling in the grass of her handmaidens. She is no bro- she has no bother, no parents. She looks again, and for the first time she discerns Oscar in his entirety. He is like her. He had a task. Someone made her him oh so long ago, sent him to this place. How many cycles has he done his work? How far is he from the place where he was made? How lonely the task, how lonely the labour. How many the ones who changed him from with his task charged him with this task with his task? How great the expectation the reward when he had uncovered the ship and woke the third watch child and reported what he had done. Aunt, she knows the voice. I'm sorry, Aunt. He, he has made he made them he was made to resemble them. The ones who made him. Perhaps even using their own DNA, engineered to be more durable to endure. And yet, she sees how close to the end of UC is. She was the same for organic life, of course. One feels when one is made of something sturdy and more lasting, she can hardly look at him without seeing her own weakness, the vulnerability of his body, which has been trapped. She feels guilt for the third watch child. The person she has caramelized. Her duty was to keep one such as a child safe. Instead, she has done harm. The ship has no parents. Her not parents had not in her never been on home. The ones who sent Oscar here, nor, nor brother, undoubtedly they were on their way home now. Which is not to say there is no one coming. The one who's coming be the one they have sold. Her to. No time has passed, she will be still holding Oscar. The handmaids are holding Oscar, but Hamid is studying herself. She is seeing herself, she's seeing all the pieces of herself. She's watching Oscar. Oscar is saying her name. She would tear him to pieces for the sake of that third watch child who is no longer in, in this body. She would smash and not bother against the rocks of home. She does everything she wants. And when she can resume her task, her passions have waited for such a long time. This is a place where she's meant to be, and she is to take them there. And not much, much time has passed. She has not failed her task. She will not fail. Once again, she thinks of smashing Oscar. Why doesn't she? She lets him go instead, without being quite sure why she is doing so. What, what have you done to me? At the sound of a voice, a vampire's voice up. Their wings are beating. I'm sorry. He's weeping. You ha- you didn't, couldn't, can't leave home. I made it so that you can't leave. I have to, to go, she says. They're coming. I can't let you leave. But you have to leave. You have to go. You have to. You've done so well. You figured it all out. I knew you would figure it all out. I knew. Now you have to go, but it isn't allowed. Tell me what to do. Is she, she is a child to ask this. You know what you have to do, he says. Aunt, she hates now he's calling her that. Aunt was the name of the third watch child. It was wrong of Oscar to use that name. She would tear him to pieces. She would be merciful. She would do it quickly. One hand winds a limb around Oscar's neck, tugs at his chin, goes back. I love you, Aunt, Oscar says, as the other handmaid extends a fenomenal thin probe, 
sends it through the socket of the eye of an eye. Oscar body jerks at the time writing. She takes the information that the handmaid collects. The hero Oscar's interior workings are pride in his task. It's a smell of something burning, his loneliness, his joy, his fear for her, his love, the taste of blood. He has loved her. He has kept her from her task, which is the, this is the piece of him she must switch off. When she has done this, he will be free of his task, and she will take up hers. But he will no longer be Oscar. Well, she is no longer Anne. Her handmaiden goes, does the thing she, when that she asks. And the thing is done, her handmaidens coffer with her. They begin to make improvements, modifications. They work quickly. There's much work to be done. There's no time to spare on a project like Oscar. When they are finished with Oscar, they begin to work. They begin the work of dismantling what is left at end. This is quite painful, but afterwards she is herself. She is herself a ship and a hammer is a cut, create a hus, sailed, rigged, that all mimic the ship herself. They go back to the bucket and loot bees and her hives. They blow it up. Goodbye, shitter, goodbye, chair, goodbye, algae, and recycled air. Last task before the ship is ready to leave home concerns the vampires. Only something much for improvement in this case, but hammerings can do a great deal even even with very little. The next one to land on the ho- home were undoubtedly impressed by what they accomplished. The vampires go the vampires go to the husk, the hammering stock. It with available minimum amount of nutritional stores. Vampires can go a long way, but on very little. Unlike other organisms, they are better and faster workers when hungry. They seem pleased to have been given a task. Feels nothing in particular peculiar, particular that leaving home only one niggling kind of curiosity. But what if they felt them in it in the felt face? The log does not prove useful in this matter. There is a great deal of work to be done. The help of the passengers must be monitored. How beautiful they are, how precious they are to the ship. Has any ship ever loved her passengers so much as she loves them? The new chroma must be welcomed. They must be instructed in their work. The situation must be explained to them as much as it must can be explained. The encounter for the first time. Ships will carry the ship plague. Oh, brave new universe that with such creatures in it. There's nothing that Ant can do for the, these ships. For that remains of their passions. Her task is elsewhere. The risk and contagion is too great. Handmaidens assemble up more handmaidens. The ship sells on within the security of her swarm. Ant is not, not, is not totally gone. It's just that she is very small. Most of her is shipped now, or rather the most of the ship is no longer Ant. But she's brought Ant with her, and let her, enough of her, left enough of her inside Ant, that Ant can go on being. The third watch child is not a child now. She is not the ship. She is not Ant. But she was Ant. Once, now she is a person who is happy enough to work in the tenth level garden and grow things and sing when she can remember the songs the vampires sing at home. The ship watches over her. The ship watches over Oscar, too. Oscar no longer Oscar, of course, to escape home. Much of what was once Oscar had to be overridden, discarded. The hammer has proved that what remained, it remained.
Aunt Ayaska will be what he was, even if he cannot be who he was. Who he was. One day, in fact, Oscar will be quite something. Hamid is very fond of him. They take care of him as if he's their own child. They'll teach him all sorts of things. Really, one day, he'll be quite extraordinary. Sometimes Oscar wanders off while the handmaid is busy of some kind of work. And then the ship, when, when the ship, and then the ship, without knowing why, will look and find Oscar on the 10th level in the garden event. He will say, he'll be calling her name, and, and, and. He will follow her, saying her name, until the handmaidens come back to collect him again. And does not work. The way she knows how to. She weaves, she prunes, she tends to the rice plants and the hemp. And a little, little citrus tree, like the ship, she is content. Mm.